I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Everybody, episode seven thirty-three of the podcast, and the Super America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Wednesday, July twelfth, two thousand twenty-three. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. And when I tell you. How do we keep having these loaded episodes of the Aaron Torres pod? It is crazy. It is insane. We got ourselves a lot to talk about here on today's show. We're going to open this crazy Northwestern story. Okay. Did not talk about it on Monday's show. Some of you asked, are you going to talk about it? I did not because I thought it was kind of over. Pat Fitzgerald was suspended, whatever. Well, fast forward to Monday night, Pat Fitzgerald gets fired. I am here to tell you why I think the school was dead wrong in making this decision. From there, speaking of litigation between schools and coaches, our guy, Bob Huggins, he just won't quit. He's like Tom Petty. He won't back down. He wants his job back. We're going to discuss that. And then finally, we'll wrap some interesting developments out of Georgia, where for the first time in a few months, Kirby Smart spoke publicly about everything going on in the program. Some things like the speeding he wants to get under control, the speeding, the car racing, all that. But oh, by the way, Georgia, not very happy with that Atlanta Journal-Constitution report that was put out a few weeks ago that we discussed on this show. We're going to get into all of it. We got a busy, busy, busy show just a couple days out from SEC Media Days. I cannot believe how quick the spring and summer has flown by, the fact that SEC Media Days are next week. We're going to have plenty to talk about then, but we got plenty to talk about now. And so with that said, let's not waste any more time and let's get to the topic of the day. Topic of the day, it's what I just told you. It's Northwestern, okay? And what I would say is exactly what I just said to lead the show. This was a story that I really hadn't looked all that much into prior to Monday night or so. Essentially, I saw the headlines. Uh, There was a hazing allegation and incident at Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald was suspended for two weeks. And I kind of thought that was the end of the story late last week after Pat Fitzgerald was officially suspended. Figured he'd be asked a a couple tough questions at media days, figured they'd answer them, and then we move on to the football season like anything else. Just one problem. After the weekend, a lot of public pressure, and on Monday night, Pat Fitzgerald was fired as Northwestern's head coach. 
Let me just tell you this. I think the school got this dead, dead, dead wrong. I think there's going to be a lot of questions, not just about Pat Fitzgerald, but about how the school handled this. And so let's get into it. Let me give you some details on what happened here, just to give you a little bit of background, a lot of legalese, all that good stuff. All starts uh, in November. A player on the football team reports to the school that he has been hazed. Okay. And I think we all know what hazing is. I'm not going to get into details. The allegations are pretty gross, pretty weird. I was part of sports teams my whole life. I played high school football. I played high school baseball. Part of hazing, I think, but never part of what was accused at Northwestern. So the accusations come in. And to Northwestern's credit, this is back in November of last year, November of 2022. They immediately hire an outside investigator to look into these accusations. Investigator does a report, interviews all the main people, and the investigator's report comes back late last week. We find out two main things, although Northwestern didn't release all of the findings of the report. What we found out was hazing has been going on in the program, and Pat Fitzgerald knew nothing about it. And so when you see the suspension on Friday, you say, okay, that kind of makes sense. Hazing happened. Head coach didn't know, probably needed to know, or should have at least, whatever. Point being, he didn't know a suspension seems justified. There's just one problem. Just one problem. Just one problem. That problem, it is that over the course of the weekend, the school president felt more heat. There were more questions being asked. There were more media members calling for Pat Fitzgerald's job. And on Monday afternoon, the school president, Michael Schill, buckled under the public pressure, fired Pat Fitzgerald. And again, I think he made a major mistake. Listen, let me start by saying this. Okay, This is the perfect textbook definition of what I always say on this show. Two things in life can be true. To be abundantly clear, I hope everybody understands. I am not condoning hazing. I am certainly not saying that what happened in the Northwestern locker room is okay or acceptable behavior. I just said a minute ago, I think it's weird and kind of gross. At the same time, just because it happened doesn't mean that the head coach has to lose his job. And let me explain why. First of all, to the credit of Northwestern, what did I just say? I actually think Northwestern handled things pretty good early on in this process. When you have a very serious situation like this, the best thing you can do, hire an outside investigator. Why? So there's no thought that there's something sketchy going on, that the AD is trying to cover something up, that the president is trying to cover something up, that the school is, that the football coach is, that the football team is. So you hire an outside investigator. That was good. That was the right thing to do. And credit to the investigators for doing their job. Just one problem. When the investigator comes back with details and tells you what happened and what didn't happen, you have to believe them. I will give you an analogy from sports and I'll give you an analogy from real life. Do you guys and girls remember that Ezekiel Elliott story from about six, seven years ago in sports? Dallas Cowboys was accused of some stuff by some females. NFL hires an independent investigator to look into it. Independent investigator who was a female looked into it. And her recommendation to the NFL was that based on the facts and information, Ezekiel Elliott should not be suspended. What did Roger Goodell do? Suspended Ezekiel Elliott anyway, and that caused a backlash. 
because they basically said, why'd you hire an outside investigator if you weren't going to listen to them? It'd be like if, for example, again, a little bit abstract, but work with me here. If I, for example, let's say I thought, God forbid, that my wife was cheating on me. I'm just going to use this as an example. I think my wife is cheating on me, okay? Hire an outside investigator, hire a private investigator, whatever, and say to that gentleman or young lady, hey, need you to follow my wife. Think something's going on outside of the marriage. Then I do it. Then I look into it. Then the private investigator tails her for weeks or months or years. And they come back to me and say, Mr. Torres, with due respect, your wife's an angel. She's not doing anything wrong. Perfect person, perfect woman. She's a great wife. Hold on to her for dear life. If the first thing I did after that was then go to a divorce lawyer, you'd be like, Torres, what are you doing? Why hire a private investigator if you're not going to listen to what he or she says? And that's exactly what Northwestern did. Beyond that, the thing that frustrates me about this particular situation, nothing changed from the time of the suspension to the time that he got fired. Go back and look again. Report comes out last week. Northwestern has it in their hands. School president looks it over, says, you know what? This isn't the best thing. It's not good. Maybe my head football coach should have known. But is this really a fireable offense? Probably not. So what happens? Sits on it all weekend. Sits on it all weekend. No facts change, and then he makes the decision. What changed between Friday when you thought a suspension was fit and Monday when you fired him? Oh, I know. You felt a lot of public pressure because you have people in the media calling you out, asking if you should be fired, questioning you. And to me, that's what this comes down to. It's not to say that Pat Fitzgerald shouldn't have known more. It's not to say that he's a perfect person. But you know why Pat Fitzgerald is unemployed today? It's because the school president has no backbone. It is because the school president, and I looked him up. I'm sure he's a great guy, not questioning his his personal life, his family, his friends, his whatever. But he's an academic. Went to Princeton. I think it was Yale Law School he went to, president of the University of Oregon, prior to Northwestern, had has probably never been in the spotlight and in the headlines like this, and probably just felt the heat and felt the pressure. And so that's why he let go, let him go. Nothing has changed since Friday. So why was Pat Fitzgerald fired? Oh, because the school president felt a lot of heat. And oh, by the way, I saw a lot of people, oh, it's it's because he went one and eleven last year and the team stinks and they're trying to fire him for cause. Listen, I've been covering this stuff for a long time, okay? If they wanted to fire him for cause, let me ask a simple question. Why didn't they fire him on Friday? Oh, they suspended him. This has nothing to do with winning and losing. It has everything to do with an incompetent school president that is feeling heat for the first time in his career, didn't know what to do, froze, felt the public pressure, and decided to fire Pat Fitzgerald. Let me also say this. I've gotten a lot of this because I'm probably like one of three people in the media that's actually defending Pat Fitzgerald. I've seen a lot of people ask the simple question of, well, Torres, of course he should be fired. He's the football coach. Everybody, he has to know what's going on with everything in his program. First of all, I just fundamentally disagree with that. You have 85 players on your team. You got 13, 14 assistant coaches, ton of personnel people, GAs, graduate students, student assistants, whatever. Do you have to know what every single person is doing every single time they leave the facility? Beyond that, let me ask another question. If he is responsible and if he is part of the problem that created the culture, then why is the rest of the coaching staff getting retained? Only that's exactly what we found out on Tuesday afternoon. No other coach is losing their job. Just Pat Fitzgerald. Just that's why. Even though if he is part of the culture problem, then I would think that all of his assistants are part of the culture problem, but apparently not.
I'm just saying, forgive me. Let me also add this to the people that say, oh, he's the head coach he's supposed to know. All I would say to that is this. If you feel that way, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. But what I will say is to quote the kids these days, I hope you keep that same energy for all these other coaches. And specifically, let me ask you a question. Let me ask the media a question. All those people that demanded that Pat Fitzgerald be fired, where were you over the last couple months as Kirby Smart's program at Georgia has run amok? Okay, let me ask that very simple question. I see all these media people. Pat Fitzgerald needed to know what's going on. Well, we know Pat Fitzgerald didn't know what was going on. You know what I do know? Kirby Smart does know what is going on with his players because it's all in the police blotter, okay? And we have been over the Georgia thing. And to be clear, I am not saying Kirby Smart should be fired. I am not saying he should lose his job. He might be the best coach in college football right now. Georgia fans are lucky to have him. At the same time, here are indisputable facts about Kirby Smart. Since he took over in 2015, 300-plus driving-related offenses by his players. Now, to be fair to them, some of them, minor. Some of them, forgettable. But not all of them. You know, there's been 11 major driving violations for Georgia just since the national championship game earlier in in this year, in this calendar year. We remember the fatal crash that took the life of a a staffer, Chandler LaCroix, and a player, Devin Willock. We remember that Jalen Carter was later arrested for speeding in a speed racing incident with those players with those people, excuse me, two of which perished in that crash tragically. But oh, by the way, do you remember? Jamon Dumas Johnson, star linebacker, has been arrested in a driving-related incident. Um, the, the the wide receiver, Marcus, uh, I'm blanking on the kid's name, got arrested earlier this year. How about this? The day he was in court, another Georgia player got arrested for speeding. I think it was 88 and a 55. And so that's not to say That Kirby Smart needs to be fired. Oh, by the way, as the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported a few weeks ago, which we've discussed on this show and we're going to discuss in a minute, 11 players on that Georgia football program have been allowed to continue to be with the program as they're being investigated for domestic-related incidences, okay? And we talked about that last time. To be clear, some of the players, charges were dropped. Some of the players pled down what they were arrested for. Some of the players did get thrown off the team. But 11 players, while they were being investigated for either domestic assault, domestic abuse, whatever, were allowed to stay with the team. So Kirby Smart, I have heard one one thousandth of criticism of Kirby Smart as Pat Fitzgerald. We demand Pat Fitzgerald gets fired, but Kirby Smart gets to keep his job. I'm just saying, that's the one thing about me. You can like me, you can dislike me, you can be angry at me, you can whatever. I hold everybody to the same standard. I've told you many times, you know, listen, let's go through the list. Nate Oates. Nate Oates has been on this show. I respect Nate Oates. I don't think he handled the situation this past year very well. Um, You go on and on down the list, whatever. The point is, I have no affiliation with Northwestern. I've never met Pat Fitzgerald. I have no reason to defend him. But if we're going to treat him one way and we're going to hold him to a standard of the head coach has to know, then again, Let's just call a spade a spade. What about Kirby Smart? What about all those players arrested? Why is no one talking about that? And so to me, I'll just say this. I think it is going to be fascinating to see what is going to happen going forward. And let me explain why. It is because 
No, you know, again, I, I mentioned it with Bob Huggins earlier. I'll say it now with Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald is pulling the Tom Petty won't back down. Pat Fitzgerald's coming for blood, okay? Because here's the thing. On Monday night, he released a statement. And part of the statement, he said that he's going to leave it up to his legal representation, his agent and a trial attorney named Dan Webb to, quote, take the necessary steps to protect my rights in accordance with the law. In other words, he ain't putting up with your crap. And just because he got fired, he's not going to let you drag his name through the mud. Beyond that, the players are not happy. Now, I know the players are partly responsible for this, but not all of them are. And not all of them are blaming. As a matter of fact, most of them are not blaming Pat Fitzgerald for anything. Pat Fitzgerald said in a statement, 99% of his players would say they were happy with him and his program throughout the years. I can't say if that's 100% accurate or not, but there are a lot of people that are not happy right now. And again, you know who it's falling on? That school president, Michael Schill. Michael Schill, apparently the, the AD and the school president told everybody through a Zoom are not available for comment, are not making any follow-up statements, all while dozens of athletes who did nothing wrong are caught in the crosshairs, and I don't think they're going to stay quiet. I don't think they're going to give up. I don't think they're just going to let this thing pass. And I think as this thing goes on more and more, there's only going to be more and more questions asked for the reason that I said. Every time something happens, I think this president thought, I think this president thought, like, I'm just going to fire this guy. It's going to go away. No, more questions are being asked. I'll ask right now. If Pat Fitzgerald is responsible for the culture, aren't the assistants responsible for the culture? If so, why are all those assistants retained but Pat Fitzgerald is fired? These are the kind of questions that are going to be asked. Michael Schill, buckle up. It's time to go, man. you got a lot of questions to answer. It's going to be fascinating. I just want to do take a quick break. When I come back, we are going to talk. <laughs> you, you thought the legalese was done. Boy, oh boy. We're just getting started. Bob Huggins. He's beefing. Kirby Smart spoke about his team's driving record, some of which we just talked about. Take a quick break. Be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do... 
I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story started in 1967 in the UK, over a thousand shops in the UK, and they have now come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of not only all things Aaron Torres Media, but the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred does. I've been telling you that for a year. We have sent listeners of the Aaron Torres pod to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. The Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is rocking. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitch at the Colorado Rockies games. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. And here is what they are doing for you right now. How about this? Bet $50 on any game. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet 50 bucks on anything you want to bet on. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get up to $200 in insurance for your first five weeks as a Betfred customer, totaling $1,111 in free bets. I've told you for a year, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. They're the only book that I bet with. And I want to thank Betfred for being our presenting sponsor. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Do want to switch gears. And I want to hit on really two big topics that we do. We just keep kind of circling back to here on the Aaron Torres pod. But since we last recorded on Monday, there have been updates on both. The first one is this never ending awkward breakup with Bob Huggins, which has taken yet another turn in the last 36 hours. By now, you know, all the details just very, very, very quickly as a quick refresher, uh, Bob Huggins, Hall of Fame coach, has a very bad spring because the spring started with him making a homophobic comment on a radio station. Uh, West Virginia stands by him only for a few weeks later, him to get a DUI. We talked about it on Monday's show, all the details. According to the police report, he was three times the legal limit in terms of his blood alcohol level. Uh, couldn't, didn't know what town he was in, couldn't account for hours in the day and where he had been empty beer cans in the car. It was bad. And we thought he resigned a day later on that Saturday. I bring it up because as we talked about on Monday, the latest twist is that a lawyer on Saturday night, this past Saturday released a statement saying that Bob Huggins has not resigned as the head coach at West Virginia. 
And then Bob Huggins wants his job back at West Virginia. He's currently in rehab, but when he's done, he wants it back. So that was where we left last. We last left the story on Monday. And there was a little confusion because it didn't come directly from Bob Huggins. Uh, It was a lawyer that he had never really dealt with before. He had obviously had legal counsel for years prior to, uh, you know, prior to this situation. And so I bring it up because on Monday, the latest twist is this. Bob Huggins spoke at least through a, a statement and Bob Huggins backed what his lawyer said. Bob Huggins essentially said this. I am currently in rehab dealing with the issues that I believe that I have, but I never resigned. According to Bob Huggins, um, there was no the, the written statement was bogus. It was not sent from him. He never signed it. He never told his team in that meeting that he was resigning. And because of it, he wants his job back uh, upon release from from uh, rehab that he's currently in right now. Few thoughts on this is we have another new twist. Bob Huggins now speaking out on his own behalf. The first thought that I have is this is, is I will say this is a crazy story. It's weird. I think Bob Huggins looks really bad, but I've been thinking about a few things. One, I do think this kind of lines up with the facts and how they kind of played themselves out in early June. The reason I know that or the reason that I feel that way at the very least is because of the fact that that I was actually on air when Bob Huggins officially retired or resigned. Excuse me. I was on Fox Sports Radio and I remember that whole like, like there was like a two hour stretch where you're getting conflicting reports from multiple insiders, the Pete Thamels, the John Rothsteins, the Jeff Goodmans about what's really going on. Some people called it a resignation. Some people called it a retirement. Some people, oh, by the way. I believe it was Jeff Goodman. He was just doing his job. I'm not criticizing, but I believe the first report that came out was that he was, that he wouldn't be coaching the team in 2023, 2024, essentially that he was taking a leave of absence, which again, looked like some sort of trip to rehab. So I will say like, I think Bob Huggins is not making the right move. I think tactically it's the wrong decision, but I do kind of remember thinking at the time, this is a weird way to go out. And, and we never really, uh, yeah, I guess he released a statement, but but it, it was just bizarre even in the moment. The only other thing I can really think of in terms of what's new, I do find the fact that it's a new lawyer very interesting to me. So Bob Huggins, 69 years old. My guess is he's probably been dealing with the same legal counsel probably for honestly decades at this point. Um, and, and as we talked about on Monday's show, if you remember, we, we basically said is like that legal counsel that he has dealt with forever. They were dealing with all the things that go into a resignation slash retirement at a state university, pensions, healthcare plans, all that stuff. And then it was this other lawyer who swooped in and basically said, no, 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 I now represent Bob Huggins and he ain't retired. And so I don't know anything about this new lawyer, but I do wonder, did someone get in Bob Huggins ear? Did someone say either you're owed money or you never resigned or you should get your job back? I don't know. And I do think there's something there that there's a new lawyer involved. What does it mean? You know, obviously, when you're talking about a state employee at a state university, that's he appears to have believed that he was forced to resign uh, due to a substance abuse situation. Again, it goes back to what I, I was talking about on Monday's show. I remember this happened with Steve Sarkeesian at USC. Now, USC is a private school, but if you remember, Steve Sarkeesian, I believe, sued USC, basically saying, like, you can't fire me if I'm dealing with a medical condition, uh, which he deemed that alcoholism to be. 
So I, I, that's my only real thought is, is this new lawyer somehow trying to manipulate Bob Huggins and convince him to do something that he doesn't want to? But what I'll also say is this comes back down to what I, what I said a few nights ago is I, I just, I just think it's a really bad look for Bob Huggins. And listen, guy's an icon. The guy's an all-timer. As I said the other day, when he, when he resigned, he was the winningest coach in college basketball at that moment. Jim Beheim retired. Coach K retired a year ago. Roy Williams retired a few years ago. Bob Huggins is a legend, the winningest coach ever. But as he continues to do this, the only person that looks bad in all of this is Bob Huggins. And here's the bottom line. He's 69 years old. He's not going to be around forever. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm being serious. But what I, I, I do, what I guess kind of bothers me, if you feel like you've been wronged, like we just talked about Pat Fitzgerald for a long time. If you feel like you've been wronged, you have every right to complain, to fight, to do what you think is right. But here's what is sort of bothering me isn't the right word, but but is a little disappointing about the Bob Huggins thing is that all of the things that he has stood for for 35, 40 years as a coach, he's going against that. When you think about Bob Huggins, what do you think? Maybe a little rough around the edges. Maybe, you know, publicly not the easiest person to deal with. But what has he always stood by? I love my players. My players love me. I love my assistants. My assistants love me. I love my state university and my state university loves me back. And I bring it up because think about who's being hurt in this situation. It isn't Bob Huggins. He's a millionaire. You'd hope that he's set for the rest of his life financially. My guess is that he is. And he's still going to be taken care of to some degree by the university going forward. Again, what we just talked about. The only people that are getting hurt right now are the assistant coaches that stood by him through the years, had his back. Josh Eilert, a guy that is now getting the opportunity of a lifetime to be a Division I head coach at the Big 12 level, that's who's getting hurt right now. The the people that supposedly you care about, that you love, the person that is replacing you as West Virginia basketball coach because you're not capable of doing it. Also, the players. What have we heard for years? Players love Bob Huggins. They swear by him. Even this past instance, Kirk Creesa, remember, made a statement when Huggy resigned, something to the effect of, I've only known you for a few few months. I feel like I've known you my whole life. Jose Perez said something like that. All sorts of things came out. Well, now those players that are trying to move on, you're bringing them back into the spotlight. Kirk Risa stuck with West Virginia, ready to play for Josh Eilert. Same with Jesse Edwards. Same with a few others. I know a few left. Joe Toussaint went to Texas Tech. Obviously, uh, the kid went to North Carolina. Alabama got a player. Trey Mitchell went to West Virginia. But there's a lot of guys that stuck with that program, and now you're hurting them. Now you're dragging them through the mud, and you're dragging your state university through the mud. I think that's the big thing, right? We all have a love for our school, for our state university, and Bob Huggins has done so many great things for that school. It's time for him to step aside. It's time for him to, let's be honest, be accountable for his actions, own what he did, own why he lost his job because of not one, but two incidences this offseason. Oh, by the way, not one, but a second DUI dating back to his time at Cincinnati. I hope he gives this up. It doesn't sound like he is. And we'll, we'll just kind of continue to monitor this story because it doesn't feel like it's going away. Speaking of not going away, um, another little bit of a serious story. And this is the Georgia football story that we've not only been talking about all spring, but we obviously led the show with talking a little bit about as it pertained to Pat Fitzgerald. 
Now, in terms of this Georgia story, another one, you don't need me to tell you all the details, but it's been a a bad offseason since Georgia won the second national championship. Night of the national championship parade, there is a tragic car crash, a fatal car crash involving a Georgia staffer, Chandler LaCroix, uh, and of course, a former player, Devin Willock, who passed away that night as well. Two other people were in the, 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 the vehicle and thankfully survived. We later find out that Jalen Carter, who could have been the potential number one pick in the draft, was racing them, left the scene, then came back. And that was just kind of the Pandora's box that opened up with all these different stories. What we found out since then, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, star of this year's current defense, got arrested uh, earlier this spring for a or, or in January for a speeding related thing. Again, you go back to all of the different things that we've talked about all spring long. I mentioned it earlier in the show, but a wide receiver returning from last year, Marcus Rosamy, Jake Jack Saint, excuses Marcus Rosamy, Jack Saint gets arrested a few weeks ago. How about this? The day he's in court, one of Georgia's five stars gets arrested. And that's on top of what the Atlanta Journal Constitution put out a few weeks ago which was essentially that it's just total chaos over there. And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution accused Georgia of a lot of things, most notably 11 players accused of sexual, you know, domestic incidences, whether it's physical abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, and they were allowed to stay on the team while the process played itself out. That was what the AJC said. And I'll admit, I'm not perfect, but even when I talked about it, I did acknowledge some of the players' charges were dropped. Charges were never filed. Uh, you know, the, 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 there were plea bargains that reduced the charges. And in some cases, players did get thrown off the team. So I bring all this up to say, even though there may have been, you know, the, the AJC story got called into question. It's been a bad offseason for Georgia. And there were two interesting updates because as Kirby Smart gets ready to go to SEC media days next week, he actually had a media availability on Tuesday. Now, my guess is that I think Georgia probably smartly decided to have a media availability to get ahead of this story, to get ahead of all the questions that are going to be asked for Kirby Smart to basically have a statement already out there so that next week when there's thousands of media members in Nashville, he can say, guys and girls, respectfully, I already answered that. So there were two interesting developments. One, Kirby Smart actually talked about the street racing culture in Athens at the University of Georgia. But then also, Georgia's legal counsel came out against the AJC, and they are not happy with that article. Starting with Kirby Smart's comments, you know, I'll give Kirby Smart credit. Listen, I've been critical of Kirby Smart all offseason, but I don't even know how critical I've really been of him. I've been disappointed in some of the coverage by the media. Again, it feels like whether it's because people like him, because he's quiet, he doesn't say much, he's not controversial. Doesn't feel like anyone outside the AJC has called him out. And that's something that I have done on this show because I just want to know why is no one talking about this? Well, I bring it up because at least from the speeding situation, the streetcar racing situation, if you want to call it that, Kirby Smart did speak on uh, he did speak on Tuesday. And here's what he had to say. He said, I'll be the first to admit we haven't solved that issue or problem. I don't honestly know that anybody has, but certainly for us, it's important to acknowledge it first. We've had a lot of intervention in terms of talking and visiting and discipline measures have been implemented in terms of education. We'll continue to do that. 
Those comments, really the first ones Kirby Smart has had since spring practice. And I will say this again, Kirby Smart, to his credit, talked about this before during spring practice. He basically said, we've had police in, we've had law enforcement in, we are trying to let our players know the severity of it, and they still keep breaking the law. And so a couple of things here. One, whether it's tactical or not, I give Kirby Smart a ton of credit because at least he is addressing the issue head on. And again, my criticism has been of Kirby Smart, but it's been more of the national media. Everybody wants to go after Nick Saban. Everybody wants to pick apart every word that Jimbo Fisher or Dabo Sweeney says, oh, Lincoln Riley's terrible because of this. Yeah, Kirby Smart has dozens of players getting arrested, and there is no word from anyone in the national media. You can even find articles about that AJC article. With that said, though, I give Kirby Smart credit because he addressed this head on, and I think it was a smart tactical move. I think that when... You know, you. I, I guess what I would say is this, is that I think football coaches too often, they get in their bubbles and they, ref- they, they kind of do the whole football coach thing where they won't say anything or they won't share details or they're not going to talk, they're not going to comment. And I think it hurts them, right? I think Nick Saban in the last couple of years, there's been a few incidents and he has he's, he's kind of brushed them off. We're handling that internally. We're not talking about it. Next question. I don't think that's the way to go. Bill Belichick refuses to answer any any question about anything negative going on in his football uh, uh, program, organization, whatever, in the NFL. Dabo Sweeney at times has been snippy with the media. Jimbo Fisher, as I just mentioned, at times has been snippy with the media. And I think it's had a negative effect because I think the media then comes after them harder. So credit Kirby Smart. I don't know if he was coached or planned or what or this or that, but he got ahead of it. So now he can politely say no comment when he goes to SEC Media Day next week. I already talked about that. But two, I think smartly he's he's addressing it head on. Two, I'll also say this for Kirby Smart. As critical as I've been of him, I think he cares. I think he wants to fix it because, I mean, for the obvious reasons, right? One, there, there were young people that lost their lives. Listen, we can criticize this coach, that coach, our rival, the school that we hate, the school that we love. My coach will never do this. When you, you, when you lose young people, a, a player that you walked into his home, told his parents, I'm going to have your son's back. I'm going to turn him into a man, and you lose him, I know that had an effect on Kirby Smart. And so I'm not saying that he's being insensitive or he doesn't care, but I'll also say this. Kirby Smart, it is a little bit time to put your money where your mouth is because he talked all about the things that he's done and the people that he's brought in. It's time to discipline these guys when they do stuff wrong, and we've talked about this. Most of these players, discipline was handled internally. We don't know what happened. Never talked about. I mentioned this on, on you know a couple episodes ago. Kenny McIntosh, last year's leading rusher, really good player who is now in the NFL. Got in a car accident about a year ago, I believe. It was such a violent car crash. The wheels of the other car got knocked off. Somebody had to go to the hospital. Thankfully, they were fine. Kenny McIntosh did not miss a game. You know, you go on and on down the list. I mentioned the kid a minute ago. I mentioned the kid a minute ago, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. Nothing on him. There was a player, a couple other players that were arrested prior to spring practice. As best as we know, they didn't miss a practice. They certainly didn't miss the spring game. So I can credit Kirby Smart for addressing this head on, but you want it fixed. Punish somebody. Take them out of a game. Sit them. By the way, have you seen Georgia's schedule? I just say anybody that gets arrested... You got to sit the first two, three weeks of the season. Okay, the schedule this week, this year, UT Martin, 
Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, the first month of the season. Now, admittedly, they had Oklahoma on the schedule. That was taken off because of the fact um, that Oklahoma is joining the, the SEC in a year. So obviously, you're not going to play an out-of-conference game and then play them in a conference game. Still, did you hear what I said? UT Martin, UAB, South Carolina, and Ball State. So the point being, Kirby Smart, just handle the punishment. You know, you know how you can take away, you know how you can punish guys, you know how you can stop this from happening? Don't let these kids play. Make them sit. Make other let other guys take their spots. I'm just saying, I respect Kirby Smart. I think he's a brilliant coach, actually. But this is the way you got to do it. This is the way you got to handle it. Really quickly, very interesting back and forth between Georgia's legal team and the AJC about that article that I mentioned. And again, I talked about it on the show a few weeks ago, but it is worth noting that some of the stuff that the AJC did, I do think crossed the line, right? They, they referenced a player that had a, a an incident with a young woman. Turns out no charges were filed. The woman was much older. He was young. He was a recruit. Nothing happened. So why I bring it up is because the AJC, I think the concept of the article, I had no fundamental issue with, but there were some things that they shouldn't have done. And oh, by the way, um, apparently even the headline irked Georgia. That is because on Tuesday, as part of this media availability, Georgia basically said like, AJC, we need some retractions or there is going to be a legal situation. Most notably, they, they wanted the headline, UGA football program rallies when players accused of abusing women. They want that taken down. And again, it's because some of the accusations were proved to be false. Some of the charges were dropped, whatever. Thought there were some strong, interesting words uh, from the Georgia legal counsel. Uh, Judd was the name of the author. And the uh, the uh, the AJ or the uh, Georgia legal counsel said, Mr. Judge, Ar- Mr. Judd's article is replete with errors, unsubstantiated allegations, innuendo, and possibly even fabrications. We do not write to you lightly. We are accustomed to the rough scrutiny of a robust press, and we appreciate its central importance in a free society. But the article stands out in its reckless disregard for the truth and its imposition of a damaging narrative unsupported by fact. All I'll say is this. Again, I, I, I have no... This is what I actually don't have a super strong opinion on because the bottom line is, to me, what's pretty straightforward is this, is that there's something going on at Georgia right now. I said it a few weeks ago, and I stand by it. I do think there's a level of entitlement. I do think players are getting away with stuff, and I don't think Kirby Smart's being being tough enough on them. I will also say that that article, whether there was actually factually incorrect things or innuendo as Georgia uh, you know, acknowledged, something's going on. And it's weird because it's very clear there is a disconnect and a frustration between the AJC and Georgia football. This one's going to be fascinating to follow uh, because it's clear Georgia isn't happy. And we will see what happens next. All right. I think that's it. Quick episode of the Aaron Torres pod, you know, kind of get, get in and out. It's July. There's enough going on. Figure we'll make this a quick little episode. If you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres sports podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon music, Google music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres sports podcast. Also make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead. Give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. If you do have any questions, we got some great questions in the mailbag last week. Make sure to send yours in as well. 
And that's it. Should mention, by the way, uh, college football betting. If you search Google college football betting with Aaron Torres, we're doing division by division previews on that feed. We'll probably eventually bring some of those episodes over here. But college football betting with Aaron Torres, we actually talked SEC East today, talking over under win totals in the Betfred Sportsbook. So we preview Georgia, Tennessee, why I like Kentucky, on and on. That's all for today's show. Like I said, quick one. I think we're going to get out of here. Time for me to go. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head. Unblock me, JJ. I'll be back Wednesday, Friday, Aaron Torres Pod. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.